0: Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got a real special guest called Joe Durdarusky. And Tony's <laughs> going to introduce him.
1: This is Jake McDonald. Jake is 24 years old. He owns on site tree services where he does tree removal, tree trimming, stump grinding, and slabbing services. Uh, he's insured and bonded. And uh, we actually met Jake. I think the first time we met Jake, we were at the Level Up Project with Joel Copas in Kendaville in a restaurant, which is a very small town in Indiana. And I think Jake was the person who was asking the most questions. He he was picking everything apart. He was like, I'm going to get the most out of this thing. And uh, so we learned to respect Jake and came to know him pretty well. And then uh, he ended up going with us to... uh, a seminar that we brought to fort wayne had a really good time with him there and just come to know and respect and
2: appreciate this dude jake mcdonald
0: welcome to the podcast buddy
2: yeah i appreciate it yeah cool chance to talk a little bit and i'm sure we'll honor some cool things yeah oh. you excited yeah <laughs> nice. yeah probably the highlight of my week as far as things i actually wanted to do so that's awesome, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: let's go Sorry, we don't have alcohol on this one. <laughs> will uh, be all right. We'll make it. Bobby and uh, Logan have some alcohol in their podcast. Like, yeah, this. We I got haven't it.
2: got an invite to that though. So. Yeah, exactly. so they'll
1: invite after they see you on this. They'll be like, "Oh, Tony and Dakota did it." I think that's what ended up making them do the podcast in the first place, right?
0: Everybody's oh, thought about man. doing like, a podcast. Like like I'm bro, not. I don't need not, any more projects. <laughs>
2: no. <podcast. dude>. no.
1: He's <laughs> like, I want no more responsibilities. No, that's
2: the truth. <laughs>
1: I like it. So Jake, we talked about this a little bit. You uh, wanted to bring entrepreneurship back to your school because you saw the community and how there was a need for it. You're a young guy and you own a decent-sized company. Where did you get the confidence? Like how did you decide that it was right for you and how did you get started? Uh, what the business mean? Yeah.
2: Um, man, honestly, I, I worked a couple jobs. Um I hated school. School was never working out for me. Um, always in trouble. Not major trouble. Went fighting and stuff. Just acting up, doing dumb stuff. I mean, like I brought a cat to school in a duffel bag one time. Just like I, I wanted to make it. <laughs> I wanted to make it uh, as informal as possible all the time, just because I hated it so much. Um, and I got, I got uh, like they did accidentally ha- brought a
1: cat in, or no, like- it was
2: intentional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they did have a really, really good vocational program. And I jumped into that because you know, it was going to get me out of the classroom. I got certified in welding. Um, and I, I didn't love it, but it was it was cool. I got to work with my hands and that was important to me. So uh, I got a couple jobs. I bounced around a little bit uh, doing fabrication and heavy equipment repair. First job I had was super cool um, and liked it, but it just wasn't going to be a match money-wise long-term because I was getting married and knew that I you know was going to be doing something with my life, where I was gonna need more than what I was making. Um, second job I had, and I don't feel bad about saying this, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. The people were terrible. Not all the people; there are some nice people what, there. What was it? It was uh, Boyd's. Boyd's. Um, I'm not saying it's not a place you you like can't go make a living, and maybe it's a match for some people, but I hated it. It was what sold was it? it was heavy equipment repair. Okay. I mean, you can go make a living there, and you know, maybe for some people that's cool, but I just hated it. I Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Um, and I knew. Uh, that was probably when I was first kind of, you know, figuring out what were my dreams a little bit. And I didn't, I didn't really know exactly, but I knew it was going to involve making more than 17 bucks an hour. Yeah. Um, and so I went up to the trailer factories because, and this was kind of my first introduction to making, you know, more than, you know, 15 or 20 bucks an hour. Because um, I heard you could make crazy money up at the trailer factories. Uh, the, the trade-offs were that you had to get up at 3 a.m. and I mean, it was going to be like, it's the hardest physical work you can do there. I mean, you literally just run production. They don't care about you. They don't, they don't care about anything except for getting the work done. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some cool people there, but the whole culture around that place is we're getting it done and getting it out the door. Yeah. Um, and so you can really take much pride in your work. Um, and again, I was inside again. So I, I went up and some people get stuck there. Some people get locked into uh, a lifestyle where, you know, they can make 80 grand a year um doing production work and that's awesome like i just wanted more and which is a lot of
1: money around here
2: that's a ton of money around here if you're if you're making 80 grand here you are high on the hog man like if it you know if you just got like you know a couple kids wife and just a mid range house like you're high on the hog if you're making 80 grand here yeah. um and for you know you can be a high school dropout and go make that right so people get locked into that um but i just knew like when I, when I was going there, I knew I wasn't getting locked into it. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to make some money. And then that was going to push me into whatever I was doing next. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, by the end, uh, I think I worked there almost two years and, you know, there were some, there was, I work with some really nice folks and some people that I'm still friends with now. Um, but just the culture really pushed me out. Um, and I ended up actually hating that so much that i told myself i was like i would rather die like i actually rather die than keep doing this um as i fooled around with like some of my hobbies and stuff and seeing what you know maybe i can make a little bit of money on i always did woodworking and uh i think i'm still on track for the question but stop me if i'm not no it's good um so i just started fooling around with some hobbies seeing if i could make money on the side and whatnot um started working uh, i was doing i was doing like a little bit of milling just milling some live edge stuff because that was when like live edge slabs were really you know in and i think we a few thousand dollars uh, like milling slabs i was like this is awesome you know some decent side money and pretty quickly that turned into well what else could i do you know and i think i was like getting trees i was getting people's trees out of their yards and i wasn't charging them like i was just taking them away for free as long as i could have the logs and then someone stopped me and they're like are you stupid and i was like what are you talking about you know i thought it was great and you know you can get paid for that and think about it so i dug into that a little bit uh found some connections online this is going to sound crazy to people that are listening to it but it'll sound very crazy to anyone who's a professional in the tree industry but i started a tree care company with zero experience whatsoever and it uh, the the arboriculture industry is uh, the most dangerous industry year over year as far as like service jobs in america go more people die in the tree care industry than any other industry. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I hated my job enough, and I knew my dreams were were bigger than what I was going to be able to get working at a, any 9-to-5 or any, in that case, 3-to-2. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just needed something bigger, and uh, I was ready to make the jump, and it, it just seemed like the natural option. So That's awesome.
1: When, when we were talking about the vocational side of uh, your high school, and then you were saying that it was awesome because you got to work with your hands. I've met guys, too, who are, like, upset with me because I don't do the work myself kind of thing. Like, oh, when, yeah. when yeah. we're, the, they, like, have something against us. They're, like, hard work never hurt nobody kind of mentality. And kind of, like, why don't you guys do the work yourselves? That's, like, reprehensible that you don't. And uh, now I know that you're you sort of have your hand in both. Did you feel that way toward folks who like had more of a business but were not active? No, in dude. I, want, I wanted to hands? figure out how
2: they were doing it. Mm. Like, to me, if I mean, if you're figuring it out, I, I mean, if you're not taking hand, if you're not taking handouts, if you're not, uh, you know, doing people wrong, I mean, why not? You know, I mean, because there's what I'm struggling with right now is like there's only so much you can do as a person. And so to me, you're almost, I mean, for example, the storm we just had that came through really bad, I was so under manpower, like I didn't have, I didn't have a 10th of the resources I needed manpower or equipment wise.
0: Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's
1: Not like what you see on HGTV.
0: We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role playing, and so much more.
1: Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course, and if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer
2: your specific question.
0: This knowledge has made us over a million dollars, and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below.
2: What benefit is it to anybody if you're providing a legitimate service what benefit? Is it, what benefit is it to anybody for you to be understaffed and under-equipped? Like that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um, so, no, I've I've never, you know, I've never been like, oh, it must be nice, or looked down at that at all. It's <laughs> like, why would why would you not want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, especially if if you're providing real value, why would you not want to do that?
1: What does your business look like right now? Like, how many people do you have um, on and?
2: Uh, I've got three full-time guys, a gal that runs my social media and uh, moving into some other stuff with her too, uh, and then me. So I, we got, if you're going to call me a full-time guy, we got four full-time guys and a part-time gal and then my wife, who I could not do it without, who runs everything on the back end, gets papers for me, documents I need, is the go-between for taxes and paperwork, payroll, insurance, that type of stuff. So it's, it's definitely a team effort. But as far as like full-time people on payroll it'd be three besides me
1: okay you were talking to me about storms and insurance companies and and claims and like the the raking in a bunch of money I don't know if you want to say the numbers or not but uh, maybe just for people who are like excited about being an arborist it might give encourage them and yeah. then you can also tell them about all the times when you're like not bringing in any money because it's like not the right season for yeah. it and that sort of thing. So talk a little bit about like the crazy stuff that's going on right now because we just had a huge windstorm. It was wind, thunder, hail. I feel like oh, I at it. times it only lasted for like five or ten minutes or something like that. And then uh, there was just all these trees down. Like <laughs> all kind, of, it was a huge mess. So talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, so every industry is going to be different, and I'm I'm totally convinced that there's going to be opportunity for someone who's willing to look for it and go find it. There's going to be major opportunity for anybody in any industry. Um, for us, that looks like disaster relief right now because the the tree industry is like decades behind as far as um, as far as people equipment uh, standard practice. I, I think it's probably because some of that like old school, like blue collar mentality, like, Oh, just go get it done. Right. And so for a long time, it was just guys rocking around with, you know, $3,000 bucket trucks they found on the side of the road and cutting trees and putting dinner on the table for their families, you know, nothing against that, but, um, a lot more dangerous, uh, worse in almost every way and for everybody Uh, just in the last five years I would say that the tree industry started to make some big strides and that's opening new doors and of course like there's gonna be resistance to it you know people in the industry especially guys with old-school mindsets they're gonna have you know resistance to it they're gonna have issues with it But the reality is the the way that the disaster industry is moving is better for everybody it's better for homeowners it's better for us it's safer it's way safer um, and so, yeah, with, w- with what that looks like for us right now, um, we're trying to respond to, you know, disaster events faster and with better equipment and with more manpower than really we've ever seen before in the country. Um, and that's happening. And I, I think that was, there's was a good example of that. Um, a couple weeks ago when, uh, the Tri-Lakes area got hit, mm-hmm. um, we had, eight crane crews from i think we had a guy uh, as far as equipment and manpower we had minnesota utah florida georgia louisiana south carolina and um, a couple other states too as far as equipment and people that were there helping um i think we we took care of i think there was 65 or 67 uh trees or sorry houses with trees on them um and we got all of that work done in like a 10 day span or a 12 day span. Um, Without that network um, that I happen to be linked into, I would still be taking trees off houses right now because we just don't have the resources here in Northern Indiana, just, it's not here. Um, So that being said, um, the way that that work is built is changing a lot too. Um, I think that people in the uh, tree industry are finally getting paid what they're worth to do that kind of work. Um, and, you know, I, I've gotten accused of all kinds of things in the past um, relating to insurance work. And the thing I've I found with that is nobody, uh, I've never had a storm where everybody was happy afterwards. It's, it's like somehow because you got involved and you did the work, then some people will just transpose that to like, it must be your fault that, the tree fell on their house at some point so j- they just won't be happy about something but um yeah we were able to uh, um this storm work's been a bit <clears throat> excuse me storm work's been a big part of our year-over-year growth um and it, it's becoming more and more of a part of it uh we're able to make uh a fair amount of money in a pretty short amount of time that being said it's not a great it's not a get rich quick scheme it's I mean, I had I had probably 115 hours on that first week, and then I, I probably had 100 to 105 the second week, um, and I haven't I hadn't I haven't had a week that was less than 80 hours in probably a month and a half. Wow. Um, it, it is not a get rich quick scheme. I mean, there's a there's major cost associated. Um, you know, I've I've hardly seen my wife in a month and a half. Of course, she was you know gracious enough to be fine with me uh, coming here I and giving up some time. I would have been able to see her. Um, You know, you make those decisions um, with a goal in mind, and I definitely have a goal in mind for it, Um, you know, to eventually not work that hard and not do that much. But as from a business perspective, the industry getting advanced here and uh, people being willing to kind of push into the unknown and figure out, you know, how do we serve customers best here? How do we help people? the fastest and how do we get paid what we're worth um there's you know there's going to be resistance on that um from multiple angles but um it's moving it's changing and i i really believe this is best case scenario for everybody mm-hmm. so i don't know if i really answered your question there. i just thought i'd talk about it a little bit no, it makes sense
0: i like it so i want to go back and talk about like uh your mindset because um, I remember when I was doing landscaping and I was doing physical labor I wasn't working like freaking 100 hours a week I was working more like you know 60 to 80 um, but I was still working a lot then I see these guys in the freaking suits and I'm like bro I can outwork you like why why do you look more successful than me and like why are you like that but it was my mindset that was the shift and most people don't notice that subtle shift in your mindset or what you said um, so instead of being angry at people, it's interesting how when you're angry and then you think, oh, like, you know, that's, they're doing something wrong or like they're doing things that, uh, instead of asking like, what could I be doing? You're looking at them as almost like a bad person in a way. Now you're telling yourself that like, making a lot of money is bad or doing this certain thing is bad, but your mindset was completely different where it's like, okay, how can I accomplish the same thing? Which is really the question that you had to ask. So my question is, How did you develop that, or like, were you always that way? Because I don't feel like you were that way in high school, unless maybe you were, but you tell us. How did you develop that?
2: Um, I don't think I had a... I think some people just have a natural inclination to... uh, you know, maybe be victims or just make excuses. And I've definitely been there. I mean, and in, in parts of my life, I'm, I'm sure I'm still there. You know, uh, that, that's not like a cut and dry thing necessarily. And it can creep back in if you let it. But I don't think I ever had a inclination to just automatically assume that like someone was bad that had money. Um, or something that was bad that, that was successful.
0: Well, let's say let's say another thing then like basically how Tony talked about bad if you're not working with your hands or whatever because that's probably something that you've oh. seen or felt at least at some point, but maybe not.
2: I mean, no, honestly, what what it looked like for me is I was like, damn, I bet those people are miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, hey, I'll sit at the desk. like it never occurred to me that someone actually wanted to do, something that wasn't like working with your hands and i was just like man those guys lives suck (laughs) but uh so i think that was um kind of my mind my mindset on it i don't think i necessarily ever you know demonized or tried to you know feel like a victim because other people had success there's definitely been times where like it was frustrating to me but it was never frustrating like i'll never be able to have that it was frustrating like these people aren't special. Like I'm, like they're not better than me. Like, why can I not have that? And then like, but I also think that was probably one of the better things uh, about me that you know has allowed to allowed me to make some big strides growth wise. Is I think my some of my initial reaction when I see that is, if I don't want it, I can just be happy for that person. Mm-hmm. And if I do want it, then I'm like, they're doing it. Yep. Like obviously I can figure it out and I can do it.
0: So how did you develop that then? Or did you always have that?
2: I wouldn't say I always had that. Um, I think from a young age, um, I didn't have great family structure. Um, and But, uh, you know, part, something that was good out of that was I was left to just figure things out on my own quite a bit. And um, so I think from a young age, me being left alone just to do things on my own, I was also a super creative kid. Um So I was always trying to build little mechanical devices or, you know, stuff like that just to see if I could get it to work. And I think, like, because I was such a young age and already seeing at that point that, like, if I fiddle with this long enough, like, you know, I can make something work here, I think that gave me some self-belief at a pretty young age, like probably 6 to 10 years old, because I would have, like, small levels of success. And so I think at that point, like, I started to understand, like, you don't, you don't necessarily have to play by somebody else's rules because I got told I was dumb or no all the time, you know, particularly by my old man, like, it, you know, and, you know, I wouldn't go you know, listen to John about that. So I think from the age of, like, six, I probably started realizing that, like, I, I can make these things work, and, and I started seeing results of that from a young age. So I think that was kind of a, a natural progression, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Was there anything like that you did like recently to develop it even more like do you listen to books, read books or anything like that? Oh man,
2: you gotta, I think you gotta stay on that like all the time because what I have realized is is if you don't stay on top of your mentality and if if you don't stay consciously aware of what you're doing and what you're not doing, um, you will slip back into a poor me mindset. Mm -hmm. And I mean that happens, and I, I think I'm I'm at a point now where most of the time when that happens, I can recognize it pretty quickly and pretty early on, and you know get a hold of it. But you know sometimes I'll get drugged into a pit where that takes two or three weeks to get out of. But I, I hate that feeling so much that I'm just not willing to like sit there because um, I just I I cannot I can't stand that feeling. Yeah. Um, because I'll, I'll think back, and I'm, I'm really introspective, and I'll think back and I'll think about all the times that uh, I was coming up to something that felt insurmountable and I figured it out. And, like, I didn't have a playbook on it. I didn't have anyone telling me how to do it. And I just uh, at the end of the day, if you want to make something happen, you will make it happen or you'll make an excuse as to why and then you'll be miserable the rest of your life. So, uh, you know, there's really only one option for me when it comes down to it.
0: So what do you think the difference is then between like, uh, between people who are like successful and the people who are not, do you think it's that exact thing or what do you think that defines somebody?
2: I think that's not a simple thing. I think that's multifaceted. Um, cause number one, everyone's version of success is going to be different. Um. I would say it, it's probably a a primary of maybe two or three things, and one is ask that one more time. I want to make sure I'm staying on track. This
0: is what the difference is between successful people and unsuccessful people?
2: So, I, first of all, I think some people would claim that they're successful just because they want to. They don't want to feel bad about what they're what they're getting. I think the sooner you kick that out the door and like really accept what you want in life, the better. Um, but I think it's, it's probably a willingness to take responsibility, primarily a willingness to take responsibility <clears throat> for everything in your life. Um, even the shit that isn't your fault. Um, cause I've had a lot happen too. I'm only 24, but I've, I've just had a lot happen. Um, and a lot of it's been tough and I've realized by this point in life that, you you pay in one form or another for everything you, no one rides for free um, and that's not a it's not always a financial price. Yeah. It could be a financial price it could be an emotional price it could be a relationship price um, but you pay and a, an example of that is... Um, Let's just take a really easy one. The, you buy a car, salesman lied to you, I don't know, or maybe everyone was just honest, the transmission falls out of it a week after you buy it. You don't have any money. Um, that's, that's not your fault, you know, and I definitely sympathize with a person like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not your fault, and that sucks. That being said, what good does it do you to... You say, yeah, that sucks, that's not my fault, one time. Who's going who's gonna to do anything about that? Like, wh- what do you want? What do you want? Like, it's your life. You know, go make something happen because nobody else is going to. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to. And I think it's a willingness to take responsibility for your life and accept that you're going to be responsible for things that were not your fault. And the sooner you can understand that your responsibilities don't stop at your actions, I, I think that's where real progress for me started. Yeah. Um. Because I'm, I'm responsible for a lot outside of direct results of my actions. Yep. Um, and, and you have to be willing to shoulder that or you're not going to go anywhere. You're just not. Yeah. So
0: That's, that's something that uh, Tony and I talk a lot about and we definitely believe 100%. And I, I definitely 100% agree with that because uh, I was just talking to somebody actually at lunch today. And talking about purpose and like what my purpose is and I feel like it's to talk to the people who are like lower class and poor who stay in that (coughs) mindset of its other people I'm mad at these people they're rich I'm not and like just for everybody out there too I'm gonna tell you guys one of the biggest lies ever that you probably hear if you're poor it takes money to make money that is a lie that is 100% a lie and poor people say it and they try to use it as an excuse to stay poor but yeah the main thing is, is like man like people don't realize that it's their mindset that keeps them poor and you change your mindset somehow some way or is always there but that's the reason that like you can go on and do stuff because you're willing to take responsibility for everything and it's actually empowering even though most people feel it disempowering they feel like oh I can't I'm not the to blame for this they want to play the victim but really it's their mindset so Is there anything else that you could think of to help like shift, like let's say you're in that poor mentality and like you're you're blaming everybody else. Is there anything that you could think of tangible that you've done or you've seen work that can help change other people's mindset and like get out of that victim mentality?
2: That's a tough one because I think at some point, man, there is no substitute you have to want it. There's not a magic bullet. There's not a... You are the X factor. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to make that happen for you except for you. Um, and I've wasted too much of my time and too much of my life trying to get people to change um, that just weren't going to. And something I've realized is... Um, you're not you're not going to force anybody into anything, and they're going to have to want it. Mm-hmm. So, if you want it, and I and I tell people this, um, you know, like I'll see someone complaining on Facebook, you know, like I I lost my kids, I can't hold a job, you know, life sucks, I just can't win, and I'll call them out on it. You know, because like it, you know, no one really comments on those posts. Like it just flies under the radar, and (laughs) like no one wants to hear it. You know, like I'll comment on that. I'm like, if you want help, call me, text me, and I will put my phone number, my personal cell phone, in the comments. You know, how many phone calls I've got? Zero. Yeah. You have to want it, and if you don't,
0: let's just say somebody does call you, man. I call you up. I'm like, hey, calling me? Hey, Jake. What's up, man? You told me to call you. Uh, my life sucks right now. It's horrible.
1: Jake's like, how this can, is 100% you, your no, fault. No,
0: right, right. <laughs> I
2: mean, I mean, yeah, we, we would get into that in about a minute two of the conversation. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, uh, I was hoping that, you know, I could borrow like a couple hundred dollars. You commented, gave me your phone number. I was want to see, like, if you are planning on giving me money or, like, how can you help me?
2: Okay, so actually, I'll tell you that back. I did have one guy get a hold of me one time. hit me up for cash. Okay. Yeah, and, so that's
0: the most common thing that I guess that somebody would contact you for.
2: Yeah. Um, and... He's a guy I knew in high school, um, <clears throat> and he said, man, can I bum, can I bum 20 bucks or 40 bucks? I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't much. Um, he's like, I just need gas to get to this job. Um, and I was like, and he's like, I'll pay you back Friday get paid. I was like, yeah. Uh, but it, it's not a loan because I don't, I don't do loans. So you can have this money. And then I think I, I think I asked him to, uh, you know, talk to me more about it, um, you know, because I was like, oh, "I'll help you with this if you want to unpack it," um, and you know, that was all. It, that was all it ever was. And you know, I've seen him hitting other people up on Facebook for money after that. You know, but he didn't want to talk about it. You know, he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to sort through it and get to the root of it. And you know, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think you can. I don't think you can make somebody want it. So I don't even try. Um, you know, I'll, if if someone has questions, man, like. I'm available i will sacrifice way more time than i probably should telling anybody else everything i know um because that's a, that's a big part of why i'm where i'm at today is people sacrificing way more time than they probably should have to help me um so if you want it like i'm your guy call me mm-hmm. um but and if you just want to make excuses i just you know I'll give you some tough love. And if you don't respond to it, like, I'm not going to chase you down. Like, that's, that's your call.
0: Yeah. That's interesting too, that, uh, you talk about just like the, uh, the money. It's interesting to me that people ask for 20, $40 or like, you know, they ask for a couple hundred dollars, like it's just interesting that they think that's going to fix their problem. And it's like, man, you guys have a way bigger problem than this.
2: Yeah. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. And if if you've never experienced anything better, I think there's got to be... I don't know what that... The catalyst is going to be different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to pretend... And that's another reason I'm, I'm not really going to chase people down on it is because I'm not going to pretend to know what that's going to be for them. Um, but... I've seen it. I've seen it hit people, um, and I know it. I know it hit me, and it's hit me at, at various points. But whenever you have one of those moments where you know something happens, and, and you have a realization that you know I got to, I got to take responsibility for this. Like there's nobody else to blame. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I'm gonna, I'll dive. I've, I've always uh, probably cared less than I should about how much people know about me. So we'll just dive into uh, the biggest change for me ever was, uh, I was, uh, abusive narcissist when, uh, me and my wife got married. It was terrible. I was, I was, I was John. I was my old man, um, and living in total denial of it, you know, hiding it in some ridiculous religious cloak. Um, and, uh, yeah, my wife and I ended up splitting up and we were separated for a good while. Um. And I, I was living by myself at home. I, I had, the, this was like very early stages of the business. Um, and what I had to level with on that was like nobody was around and I was still pissed. I was still miserable. I was still angry. Who was I going to blame, dude? You know, so like I, that was probably one of the hardest things, not 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 probably and not one of it it is the hardest thing I've ever had to level with, is that I, everything I, I had, like, I had I built this fake life around me where, uh, you know, my perception of things, I was just kind of building my perception of things to be whatever I wanted them to be, with zero concern for how somebody else felt, You know, zero concern for how my wife felt, how, you know, other people that I, because I did care about people, but I had no ability to, Uh, actually take other people into consideration it seemed like Um, so yeah uh, Raya split which she absolutely should have Um, and I was just you know by myself and um, that was the single most impactful thing that ever happened to me in my life because my options were shoot myself or accept that I had been building and living a lie and you know get committed to flipping that entire thing and and restarting. Um, and I did. And, you know, several years later, and it's, it's not perfect, and I'm not going to say, like, oh, I'm, you know, everything's, like, no. Like, those abusive and narcissistic tendencies are still there if I, you know, don't stay on top of it and if I don't let them be. But I think that was the biggest point for me where I realized you have to want it and nobody can want it for you. Um, yeah, that was it.
0: Yeah, so what? when was that like moment that you actually shifted then? Because a lot of people stay there where they're just gonna be pissed off. Oh, it's my ex-wife's problem, it's this. They stay there, dude, for the rest of their life. Like, literally there'll be people that are mad at somebody for 20 years. Was there, like, do you remember a specific moment where you're like, oh, snap, these are my two options? Like, was there a moment? <clears throat> I mean, Are you letting deals fall
1: through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before, and we've tried several different CRMs, and RE-Simply has been the best. RE-Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls.
0: The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with.
1: If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE-Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now.
2: You know, it's been a minute, and I don't want to detract from the legitimacy of that by filling in the gaps on what I actually remember. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to fabricate anything. Yeah. Um, it was that experience, and it was that very specific timeline. But you know, was there a moment? I'm sure there was a couple moments where I was putting pieces of that together.
0: Was there anybody or anything that changed it?
2: Yeah. I mean, there. It was. It was a. It was a group effort of people that were willing to support me, a couple of my brothers, uh, my wife, um, who I have no idea how she, you know, didn't just ditch completely. Um, But even, even though those people were willing to stick around and support me and support change, like they weren't making the change happen. And, you know, we went through some of that where I was like, you know, there might have been like a small period where I was, you know, expecting them to do something. And I just think I realized pretty quickly, like, uh, you know, if I ever slumped into that kind of attitude it's like, well, no, like I'm going to actually have to make the change here. So it's it's somewhat of an intangible um, and it's actually what I would probably consider one of my best though very few good attributes one of my best is that I just consider myself a doer um and that's not always it like has got me in hot water before you know and it's got me in over my head a few times as well but uh, I wouldn't trade it um because it's it's gotten me out of uh wasting my life yeah. in in multiple ways so it and I don't. I don't have a magic bullet for anybody. I really don't. And I don't have this. I don't have this single magical experience. The most magical thing that's ever happened to me is when I just realize that it's my life, and if I don't personally take control of it and make things happen, then nothing was going to change. Yeah. That that is the magical. If you want this, if you want the silver bullet, if if you want the answer, and it's not glamorous, and it, and it's not a, you realize it one day, and then everything's good the next. It's it's. And I think that's why so many people walk away from it is because it's a daily commitment. Mm-hmm. You don't want it every day. And you got to make that choice.
1: Yeah. What does your relationship look like now? And how did you uh, modify what you were, your behaviors previously? And then did you create any sort of like uh, structure or... Um, Dude, don't pr- talk about structure procedure. with me. I hate structure. <laughs> <laughs> well, even mentally, even if sure. it's not something that you like yeah. wrote down and like put, you're like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do different. Like these three things are three things. Can we call that it principles? Does yeah, that yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Principles or bullet points. But uh, what does your relationship look like now, and how did you? What things did you implement with my wife?
2: Yeah. Um. I, first of all, I work too much, um, <laughs> so it's not. It's not like. My wife and I have this glamorous relationship where we take beachfront vacations and walk in the sand.
1: Well, you might someday. Yeah,
2: I mean, at some point, but (laughs) it's not time for that yet. Um, Me and my wife communicate pretty well. Um, I genuinely respect her as a person. I genuinely appreciate her, and I genuinely care about her, and I honestly think those were the biggest changes that needed to happen. Um, And... Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't want to get super far into the weeds of what it takes to overcome narcissism because it's like one of my least favorite conversations. And I actually don't know all that much about it other than I beat it for the most part. Um, I think some of those tendencies stick around. But uh, I mean, you know, my, my, my relationship with my wife, you know, it's, it's not perfect. I don't, no marriage is perfect. Um, it's a far cry from perfect, but it's functional. Um, it's healthy. Definitely get strained at times, especially with how much I work. Um, but you know that's that's not the long term goal. Um, yeah, yes, I'm not a structured person at all. But I I am, I am a guy that operates off principles. Um, and it's it's gonna sound silly, and a lot of these things are like super elementary. And people are gonna be like, people listen to this are gonna be like, he must have been terrible. <laughs> and I was, and I was, but it. I mean, right down to the basics. It wasn't anything special. It was just the basics, like respect that my wife is an independent person, respect that my wife matters as much as I as much as I do, um, and respect her opinion on things. And like those were things I was not capable of when we got married. Um, and I think understanding those things really changed um, how I communicated and interacted with people in general as well. So. Um, yeah, those have been nothing short of critical for me.
1: Do you know uh Josh Grange? He's a tiling contractor in out of Kinderville.
2: Um is his business named Grange
1: something? No, nah, I don't think so. We just had him on not too long ago and he was saying that he like sits down with a coach with his wife and they kind of figure out like a vision together because I felt like that was a problem in my relationship. I'm divorced and it was that I didn't have a vision that included my wife, like my end goal like my end vision, my plan, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like something to think about is like, what is our together goal? Like just besides our ambitious entrepreneur goals, Mm -hmm. you know?
2: (laughs) Well, frankly, my, my goal with my wife for the last few years has been her not dying. So like it, it really hasn't been, like, frankly, there hasn't been room for, you know, and Ray is is a go-getter. Her big thing is lifting and athletics, um, and she loves that, and that's what she goes after hard. Um, But um, sorry about that. Um, Her kidney disease has really pumped the brakes on that um, because without getting, like, way into the weeds on what her diagnosis is and what all that entails – physical activity actually makes it worse and flares it up so that's been like a constant battle because you know that's it's one of the primary means that is the primary means of her maintaining like uh, good mental health and and being able to you know operate well in and just the day-to-day stuff is you know having that outlet and for her ambition and and that's been really tough for her um i think i don't know that i would say her medical condition is a ton better It's definitely better than it than it was she almost died a few times um you know blood like blood clots in her lungs um kidneys pretty much totally uh shut down they weren't filtering protein at all um like she gained like 25 pounds of water weight in like two weeks and like my wife is not not big she's like 120 130 pounds um so i'm bad right now i'm losing track where i'm going so people are going to listen to this podcast and be like what <laughs> is this guy talking about <laughs> he needs some sleep or something um, t- so we haven't I don't know if I want to say the luxury we, ha- we haven't had the luxury of really putting together like you know big simultaneous goals and ambitions like she trusts the, she trusts the direction that I take us um, and I probably drag us through the weeds more than I should sometimes and I've acknowledged that to her and I've got a sort of phrase listening to this, which she probably will, honey, I'm committed to not <laughs> strapping us for cash as bad as I always do mm-hmm. when we're trying to grow. So that's, <laughs> that's one thing. Um, Cause I think she would like a slower pace than what I've been running at. Um, so I'm committed to, I'm committed to that in the, in the near future. You know, it's probably going to be a few years of still relatively high paced, but, um, I think she just wants more time. And so, yeah, we're going to that, – that's the goal for now, more time. Um, she is pursuing uh, – she's still pursuing athletics, though. She's had to get kind of creative about how she's doing it and whatnot, but she's still pursuing athletics. So um, as far as, like, a joint vision, I just feel like that it just hasn't really – it might sound silly because we are obviously married and live in the same house, but it, it just – her medical stuff has been – so crazy it's it's literally been about like how do we make sure that reyes stays out of the hospital this month you know yep. so what
0: is uh what does your vision look like then because i know you talk a lot about like uh you know you're like man i want to make money and like i i can tell that you were obviously like motivated by money especially the way that you speak in your earlier days is like man i was like i want to go here because it makes more than 20 dollars an hour i want to go work on the trailer factor and i remember being in that same spot where I'm like, man, I almost end up in a trailer, trailer factory because I was like, oh, you can make this much money, be out by this much time and I'll freaking kill it or whatever. Mm. But now like, you know, you could be making all this money and you probably are making some good money, but now it's all reinvested into the same thing. So you're not actually getting to keep as much money as what people <laughs> think. So like, what is your big vision and like why you're doing it all? Like, obviously there's an end goal in mind, but like you're sacrificing You're working way more than you ever would and you're probably actually getting less money right now than you ever do too so
2: what's your vision um so yeah we um if i told you our gross numbers you'd be like jake's making good money and yeah the business is making good money but jake's wearing the same clothes that he's been wearing for the last three years and buys a new pair of boots every two years and yeah we
0: know what that's like yeah
2: so uh I'm in mean, my dreams. I want to own my I want to own my family farm, um, that is just outside of Columbia City. Um, oh, there, there's kind of two pieces of it. I want to own them both at some point. Um, my uh, grandpa and his cousin own them now, and thankfully they're in good health. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not pushing anyone to the grave here. And I, to me, it sounds weird to talk about your ambition while you know someone's still alive, but. And,
0: I mean, you could buy from, give them a certain percentage and stuff too. Like if they Oh comes. no! I
2: mean, they own, I mean, that they, you know, they've been there the whole lives. Like they're gonna, they're gonna own that yeah. farm. You know, but at some point when it comes time for that to change hands, like, I want to be in a position, where I can do that and I can keep it in the family. Yeah. Um. Because you know, otherwise, I don't. I don't know that anyone else would really want it. They're um, on.
1: They're on board with that too. They want you to.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, to some degree. Because um, there's a
1: the right of first refusal. You got options contracts. You know, you got uh, options. Man. Just to I'm make not,
2: sure. I'm not.
1: <laughs> make sure you're first in line to buy it if it ever goes up for sale.
2: I'm not gonna put anyone in a position where. Basically, to me, it's that stuff is just stressful, and uh, I really don't like. Commitments, And I... That, that sounds bad. Uh, I don't like any kind of... No. I don't like um, finding out a time period later that I put my foot in my mouth about something. I really, really hate that. I hate having to walk back things that I've said. So, and, and I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know what's going to change. It's not going to be up to me what happens to those places. Uh, and, you know, and there's, uh, you know, there's kids in line in both situations and uh it's, it's not going to be up to me so I'm gonna be ready um I'm gonna do my best to be ready um but my dream's not gonna hinge on that you know if that doesn't work out you know I'll go find I'll go find something better farm what's that
1: go find a better farm
2: I don't know about that those eh. farm, farms are pretty special dude eh, okay. um but yeah I frankly if I can uh be retired when I'm 35 and, you know, maybe, you know, still have the tree service, but I mean, not really mess with it and, you know, maybe just do some investing and just work on my passion projects. I'll be good with that.
0: What, yeah. I was just saying, what does retired look like for you? Because obviously that's a very uh, weird term. Like Tony and I could retire right now, but the sure. lifestyle that we want to live is not the lifestyle that we want. So what does retired look like for you?
2: Yeah. Um, I want to own as much property as possible. And I, I basically my life's work at that point will be uh, restoring native wildlife, both plant and animal species, and uh, trying to create the most authentic version of what the native habitat um, would have looked like before it was turned into farm ground. Um, And then I I just really love the idea of uh, subsistence living. Um, You know, I want a little bit of pasture ground, raise a few hogs, a few sheep, Few goats, few cows every year. Um, a big orchard, uh, vineyard. Fish in the pond, fish in the creek. Hunt, and uh, I have a major passion for two things. Uh, I-, I love all things outdoors, but like my two biggest passions are uh, hunting with dogs and uh, mature whitetails. Those are like I could I could spend all if I only had those two things for hobbies uh it wouldn't matter i'd do them 12 hours a day it doesn't matter you
1: you hunt with your dogs you hunt for coons
2: uh we hunt all kinds of stuff um we i've i've personally hunted um coons squirrels um bears recently um and you know they'll go after anything, you know, they'll tree or, or dent up anything. So, you know, we've killed a lot of stuff with them, uh, some feral cats here and there too. So, uh, but primarily I, primarily I, uh, squirrel hunt and coon hunt. And then I take a few trips. Uh, last year was actually my first couple trips, bear hunting, but that's definitely going to be an annual trip now. So I'll, I'll bear hunt with them a few times a year. How big are the bears? Uh, it's like, I keep getting too far from this. I bet. Um, <laughs> it's like Appalachian range. Um, bears so it's not like you'll see like 300 pounds that would be a massive bear for being a mountain bear okay they just don't have access to very much food up Mm -hmm. there like they're eating uh, wild grapes hickory nuts walnuts acorns uh, grasses so the bears are only like twice as big as the dogs yeah, pretty much. Honestly, yeah. Oh, like okay. your your bears out there are gonna be a hundred to two hundred fifty pounds. I was like, dude, I'd be worried about my dogs, like chasing out oh, the dogs, a bear. They, the dogs I've will seen get torn Kodiak's up. The dog, oh, These are just black bears. <laughs> I mean, I mean, still very capable animals, you know. And the dogs definitely will get torn up if uh, if they get too close or they get in too tight on one or something. Um, but.
1: But it, the dogs know.
2: Uh, without going, I will I will take up this entire time <laughs> to talk about my dogs, but I'm not going to. So uh, that's what they're bred for. They're they're probably one of the most primitive breeds in existence. Um, they're they're called West Siberian Lake as they originated in the um, in the Taiga wilderness in Siberia, um, just with like the native people there, and they were just they were a dog that was bred and born into a subsistence lifestyle. Um, so you have a, a very well adapted dog to dangerous living, dangerous conditions, and dangerous animals. They they hunt everything from moose to squirrels with them, and I mean everything in between. So
0: that's awesome. I can tell you that. Uh my vision for retirement looks a lot different than yours. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, but dude, I love it. I love hearing that. Oh, like, it'd
1: still be fun to like go over and hang out oh, with Jake for absolutely. a week or something like dude, that. Dude,
0: I could do what you do. I'd do that for a month, dude. But like, uh, like for retirement, it's like, yeah, I got like a couple other things I'd want to do. Dude, I don't, I
2: don't understand how anyone could want anything but that for <laughs> retirement. See, that's
0: amazing, dude. Because. Uh, yeah, I could do it, and I would love to do it for just a little while. Like, I think for an, it's an experience. Yeah, exactly for an experience.
2: But I it's want not, that for my reality. <laughs>
0: yeah, dude, that that's awesome. I love that you've actually thought about what it looks like and like what really like you're working towards because that's important. Um, I think that a lot of people, myself included, like I get so caught up in into what's next step, next step, next step that I forget. Where am I going? And what happens when I get to the last step and I'm in the wrong freaking direction? I'm not actually working towards my goals. And I feel like as people, I'm sure you've experienced this, where you get so far going into your goal that you forget where you're even going or why you're going there.
2: Oh yeah, and then uh, like all of a sudden you're, you're unhappy and you're trying to figure out why. And you realize that like all of a sudden like the vehicle sort of like in your mind somehow became your reality of what your goal is going to be and so you're sunk into this thought process of like and this is just what i'm gonna do for the rest of eternity dude
0: i'm see i'm not like that
2: i'll, I'll get there and then i'll have to like manually stop and like pull myself out of it yep so my <coughs> mindset is i never ever think that it's reality
0: forever what i think is i'm almost there i'm almost there i'm almost there if i just keep suffering now i'm gonna get there and then I keep going, I keep going, I keep going until I hit the goal that I previously set, and I hit the goal, but then I like sacrificed everything else because I kept telling myself, just hurry up and get there. Then four years go by, cool, I hit the goal, and I was going at the wrong freaking place, and I realized that I'm not creating the life that I actually wanted. I just set one goal, and then I forgot everything else along the way. So it is interesting how we're doing the same thing, just different mindsets on yeah. like what's bringing us there.
2: Yeah, I think it's similar. <coughs> yeah. Similar in result, at least.
0: Yeah. Oh, exactly you're getting up with the same results yeah. different way yeah. that you're processing it that's awesome well let's get into some uh, final questions that we ask every single one of our <laughs> guests we kind of already went into this but like
1: yeah there were a couple I feel like we kind of talked about your vision and your why um, we talked about some of your struggles uh, just because Right now, with the way that things are going, it's like you're working 100 hours a week. So I imagine that's probably your biggest struggle right now. Right
2: now, I'm not. I'm back to the old 80. So hey, we're doing go, pretty good. Go. Actually, this week it was this week was slower. Um, we got rained out a couple of days, and uh, I was doing work related stuff pretty much the whole time, but it wasn't crazy. So. When we were talking
1: earlier about, like, podcasts or books, is there anything or any one in particular that you've read or listened to or anybody who you, uh, like, kind of allow to be your your mentor at a distance or even a mentor in real life? Like, is there anything that people should, who are listening to this, should go read or listen to?
2: I'm going to disappoint you guys here. <laughs> <coughs> I, um, I've never completed a book since... Probably my freshman year in high school, um, I've dabbled a little bit here and there, and I've picked up maybe like some useful principles and um, things that I've definitely employed. But as far as like, like I don't really have an entrepreneurship Bible or even like something that I go to consistently. Um, I'll just kind of pick from here and there, and uh, honestly, if, if it's if it's any one thing. It is Facebook and YouTube, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't, dude. There are so many people. There are so many entrepreneurs and business owners that are like forty years old and crotchety and, and like, you know, waddle around angry everywhere because life didn't turn out how they wanted 40? it. Forty and and are you talking they're about like, like fifty-five year olds
1: or maybe like sixty. Forty's <laughs> still pretty young. Older bro.
2: older guys <laughs> that are established in what they do, and man, they will just trash. All, they're like all oh, this YouTube generation of entrepreneurs. It's like. Dude, shut up! We're gonna make three quarters of a million dollars this year on YouTube. Like, shut up, please. Uh, but and, and it's, it's not just people like that. Like, don't understand the depth, the value. Two of my closest friends, I met on Facebook, and never knew them before that. Just met them in a like a tree page on Facebook. One of them lives in Georgia. The other one lives in Kokomo, Indiana. Uh, and like those guys have had major impact on me and my business. Like Ben is, uh, Ben was a Marine. Jordan was too. They're Marines. Um, And I think Ben just learned a lot about organization and principle uh, in his experience there um, and really just employed that with his business. Um, And he's just been on a rocket ship. Um, And I've just copied him. Everything, like we text every day. We have a group message. We just, we text all the time. And I just copy everything that he does and it works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like people, man. And like the reason I don't, I don't really dig books and, and seminar. There are useful things and everything. The PSI was great. It was actually a big thing for me too. But man, if you can't interact with them on a daily basis, then to me, how valuable is it really? Because a lot of times what you're lacking isn't principle or knowing what the right thing to do is, a lot of the time what you're lacking is emotional support, you know, people that care about you, uh, and someone that is going to kind of level you out if you're having a really bad day. Because you still know those principles, and you still know what you're supposed to do. And the fact of the matter is, like, sometimes things just don't work out that great. And as a human, you only have so much emotional bandwidth. Yeah. So... And find some find some people over over literature find some people yeah that's my um, big thing
0: one thing that I would <clears throat> I would say about that or challenge you on would be just like you said they're like okay here's gonna be one you know it's one event or one book or whatever but in like you know it's not gonna change your life but if you do that every single day and you're asking yourself questions because you're a very intellectual person and you ask yourself a lot of questions what what if that generates a better question that you could be asking yourself that'll change your life so that's what I always think about I was like yes it's one book one event but like those can change the path of your life and you're one decision away from changing your life completely so that's what I always think about whenever I'm listening to these books and stuff like sure maybe I wasted freaking 10 hours listening to a book but I got one thing that just changed my life completely and also it's consistent so it's like daily so I'm brainwashing myself Into almost like becoming the person that I want to become so that would be the only thing that I would uh, encourage you on is dude you ask yourself a lot of questions one other thing I've noticed that the quality of a person's life usually comes for the quality of questions that they ask you're already asking really good questions I just I already see you as like a super successful intellectual person I always think about what more can that person do and I I can tell you got so much more in you, like so much more that I would love if you, dude, you're 100% on, get around the right people, Get learn from them 100%, 1,000%. Dude, you add books into the mix or podcasts or something, you're going to go to another freaking level, even than what you thought you would. That would be the only thing I'd say.
2: So I, <clears throat> I jump around in that stuff, but <laughs> this is going to sound somewhat ridiculous, but one of the commitments I made to myself when I was becoming self-employed was, was like, I'm not doing shit that I don't want to do anymore. <laughs> and dude, I just, I hate reading. I hate, I shouldn't say that. That's not true. So I've, I've started probably 20 books, which isn't a big number for what a lot of guys read. But what I'll do is I'll just read till I find one of those aha moments and I'll just quit reading. Like, I don't need anything else. Like, I know that, because <clears throat> what will happen Let's just say you go, like, what is a person going to do if you throw six life-changing principles at them at once? They're going to be overwhelmed, and they're going to be like, "Uh," I've seen people do none. Like, they'll they'll get overwhelmed by it, and then they'll just do none. And I've seen that tendency in myself, too. If I, like, oversaturate myself with new information, I just won't do anything. I won't do anything with it, and then I'll just feel useless because I know I have all this untapped potential and i'm not doing anything with it so dude i'll open a book and i'll read and i'll be like okay that's good that's good that's not what i'm looking for and then like when i find it like i know what it was i throw that dude i don't need anything else from that book like i throw it down and like and so that's where i think action trumps literature because i know people that read a ton and they've been in business three times as long as i am and i passed them yeah like
0: in that area, sure. Like but you, so you
2: don't always need more literature. Sometimes you just need some action.
0: Yep, no question. But what I would say is like you pass <clears throat> them in one area of their life. But what if they're having better relationships than you because now they're reading books where they're reading about relationships, or they have a like they feel better as a person and they're having a happier life. But just because they're pa- you're passing them in one area doesn't necessarily mean that like you're more successful. Or <clears throat> you know, that's what I think about. Like, yeah you're looking at it like on a action, like one step and really it's like multi-faceted. Like you got spiritual, you got- I already
2: I know what my answer is here. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna level with you. I will make excuses around this one piece as long as you want to sit here for <laughs> it. Doesn't, it doesn't matter if we sat here for 10 hours, I would just, co- I would continue coming up with creative excuses that aren't actually legitimate because I don't want to mess with know, it right I'll now. The, <laughs> only,
0: the only thing that I would say is like, I want you to do it just because. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to do it because I want to see you. You can become. Oh my like, gosh, Jake! I think you're it'd be. be somebody great it'd dude.
1: be interesting to see Jake with like with some of our masterminds, like the future flipper mastermind or stuff. Because he would just be with people, like asking them questions, and then they'd answer something, and he'd give them something else to think about, and they'd be like. Dude, nobody's asking these questions before. Like. <laughs>
0: no, and I appreciate it, dude. That's how I like why I liked you so much because you're asking questions out of curiosity. You're not asking questions out of uh, uh, ego. And so that's why I was like, dude, I appreciate this guy because he wants to know, you want to learn more. But like, it's all about the quality of the questions you're asking. <coughs> and you already ask quality questions. So I was like, man, like, I just know.
1: Yeah. Well, we got one last question. <laughs> want to make sure we try to get out on time. Dakota's going to be a little bit late. Uh, sixty five years from now you're on your deathbed.
2: I don't think I'm making it 65 years, but go ahead. 35 years from now, you're on your diet. Dude, it's a win if I make it 20. That's all I'm saying. 20 years from now, you're dying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At the ripe age of 44. It, oh, oh, man, when you say like that, <laughs> That sounds horrible. Dude, it is what it is. What, what is reading your... One book in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His message is going to be like, don't read books. No. Go find people that know what you want to know. Kind of. Uh, what is your one message to the world? could be a billboard in Times Square or some place where a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to go by and see it, a paragraph, a thought, a sentence, like your legacy, like a message.
2: Go find out.
0: Say again to the camera. <laughs>
2: oh, there's the camera. Go find out. Like, just do it. Go. F- when I was working at the trailer factory, I... And I was tossing around this idea. Um, there was a few older guys there. I, I got a, had a lot of people making fun of me when I said I was going to switch. And like you know, a bunch of people were like, yeah, he'll be back. You know, give him a month, he'll be back. Uh, there, was, there was one or two older guys there that told me, you know, when I was your age, I thought about it. And now I spend most of my time wishing I would have. And that scared me. I was like, I'm out of here. Like, no, no. Like, it might not work out, but I'm going to go find out. I'm going to find out firsthand. Um, And if it doesn't, I'll be able to sleep at night. Yep. You know?
0: Yep. Go find out what's in that book. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That experience, not that book. You don't need that book.
2: all
1: right how can listeners get a hold of you if they want tree work done if they want to reach out more tree work for right 20, now if they want $20 they want to about $20 <laughs> off of here they want some life advice where can they get a hold of you
2: oh uh, if you are looking for tree work please God do not call my personal <laughs> number because I just got this personal number a week ago, and people are already calling it for trees, and I'm like, "How did you get this? Oh my God. How did you get this? I've only given this to like my personal contacts." Oh, they haven't been telling you that I'm your affiliate.
1: You're you supposed to, to be you. giving me a fee for each one.
2: Dude, I will give you a fee if you want to field them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to field them. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, guys, uh, the charge. How, how many? How big's the tree? Okay, cool. That'll be twenty thousand. Yeah, I, was, I was <laughs> that'll be twenty-five thousand per limb, and then it'd be like I. Right, Jake, just give me a thousand dollars. They're not serious.
2: I, I don't think I would close a lot of business that <laughs> yeah. way. Uh,
0: well, we'll field it for you, buddy. I'm a salesperson.
2: <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what my personal number is now because I just got the phone and I haven't remembered it yet. But hit me up on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. I mean, this is where that's going to be. This is where. Yeah, we'll put it yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. So if you uh, want to listen to me ramble, if you want help, if you're serious about wanting to take some ownership in your life and figure out what you need to do to move the needle. Ship me a message. I will give you an absurd amount of time and effort if you're serious about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you need anything like any way that anybody can support you?
2: Uh be patient with us. Be patient with us cuz we are we are embarrassingly behind right now. Yep. I think I think I've had 500 phone calls in the last month and I've probably answered less than 250 of them. Thanks for answering, so, ours,
0: buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, could you use employees or anybody that could help you out? And like, what do you usually like pay, or do you want to say any of that? Or really?
2: <clears throat> so we're in a we're in a spot right now where we already brought new people in, and we're in like a major major training. transition, and we're training people, and so it's just not feasible for me to bring on like that's. Okay. And and it's a weird situation because we already had to slow down to like make these transitions and and you know train people. And it's like the worst time possible to like be, Same. be yeah. But it is what it is. But right now we just need to really focus on getting these new systems in place and and getting everyone like up to top speed on you know the day-to-day operations. So, but we are making headway on that. So hopefully we can get that under control and moving at top speed soon.
1: Cool. Awesome.
2: I feel like this was a, I feel like this was a super not about business and mostly about personal life podcast but i think sometimes people think that they're they like separate them but no it is not it is not everything i do in the business affects my personal life my wife my family everything when i say my family my my sisters and my mom um i don't have kids but like they are tied in tied in
0: no question well I mean that's what we always try to do is this isn't like uh, just about you know real (coughs) estate or anything a lot of people think we're a real estate podcast we want to talk about business mindset freaking family all of it because again we don't want to be too far one direction we don't just want to be really good at business we don't just want to be really good at real estate guys like we're human beings like we want to actually live a life where we're fulfilled in every area spiritually like health wise business all of it dude we want it all and uh, hopefully we can help other people to do that and My biggest struggle is honestly probably the freaking personal family. So spiritual, still working on too, man. So all that stuff, I feel like business is like, cool, like we're doing good over here. But it's not, again, as fulfilling as everybody thinks. So, yeah, man, appreciate you coming on, sharing your thoughts. Dude, I wish we could talk more because I feel like we would actually like help each other to elevate to another level. You hit me up. I know, we need to talk more, dude. I uh I don't work as many hours as you, but I'm working a lot too. Dude, hours. I'm
2: now I I'm telling you right now, I will go out of business before I keep working these hours cuz yeah. my wife deserves more and yeah. We're we're getting that fixed up, so. Yep. Hopefully this is the last summer I'm putting these hours in. Yep. I know that.
0: I like it. Well, thanks again for coming on.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate you guys for watching. See you on the next one. Peace out.